This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Josh Tillman. He began building his company, Dial Source, in 2005 while studying at the University of California, Davis, to seal the gap between business and consumers through analytics and automation. The engineering firm has since changed the way modern enterprises communicate, earning product of the year honors in 2016 and 2017. He received the Sacramento Business Journal's 40 Under 40 Award in 2016. Josh, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. All right. Tell us about Dial Source. What do you do and how do you make money? Sure. Well, first, I'd say we are a, a group of professional nerds. Uh, we enjoy tackling uh, many of the largest, most complicated problems and enjoy the luxury of designing our own hardware and our own software from the ground up, allowing us to take our custom-built technology and wrap it around some of the largest problems for the biggest enterprises in the world using either Salesforce.com or Microsoft Dynamics as their CRM. And what does the tech actually do? I mean, is this like a call rail or these kinds of call tracking companies? No, it's different in the space. The best way to think about it is that we are more like a uh, native IVR PBX inside CRM. So we have... Well, my audience won't know all those. Hey, Josh, my my audience won't know all those acronyms. Can you say that spelled out? Sure. In a a simple explanation, we facilitate uh, enterprise communications inside the CRM. So we help organizations make and receive phone calls based on the data inside their CRM and allow intelligent and dynamic routing of that inbound phone call or that outbound phone call based upon data contained within the CRM. Are they an existing contact? They have a revenue opportunity associated to it. Is there a technical case? And based on these data points, we create analytics with inside the CRM and use those data points to then automate the labor-intensive processes and procedures that sales and service reps are supposed to do at the end of the conversation, often take a lot of time to do, and if not done, the most common scenario, then the data does not exist within the CRM for management to make actionable and intelligent decisions. Do you do call recording and say things like salesperson one who always beats quota brought up the word price right at the beginning of the call versus everyone else does it at the end? Yes, we do. And we can do all kinds of things like maintaining compliance on state, federal, and national levels. So we can automatically identify is the leader contact in a one-party consent state versus a two-party consent state and automatically not only record the conversation, but only the right part of the conversation to maintain compliance pump in analytics, sentiment, and other types of things into the reporting capabilities and the real-time call monitoring all with inside the CRM via dial source. Okay. And business model-wise, is this a kind of a pure play SaaS model or pay-as-you-go or what? 
it's a it's a typical enterprise uh, software model. There is a seat based license, and there's a telephony component. And of course, the size of the contract dictates: is it a fifty user one year deal, or is it a two and a half thousand user three year deal? On uh, general, which, what do you charge per seat per month? The rack rate starts at one hundred and fifteen dollars per month per seat, and then drives down based on, like mentioned, the amount of seats and the term of contract. How significantly will it drive down if I'm signing up 5,000 seats? I mean, we go as low as, you know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks or what? We would probably be around that $50 mark uh, for that size. I won't get into too many details, but we do have accounts that are sub Fortune 250 of the Fortune 500 that do have seats that are into the many thousands uh, that do have price points in that range. And without getting into specific customers, because obviously you can't do that, uh, what are you doing right now in terms of just total seats using dial source? Uh, we're well into the tens of thousands of seats on dial source. We're into uh, the high hundreds-ish in terms of accounts. But as you can imagine, an account could be five seats, an account could be several thousand seats. Got it. So, so I mean, it's fair to say you've got north of, call it, you said low 10,000s, 20,000 seats. Those are, those are folks that are the companies that are paying you for one of their employees to be using your platform via Microsoft or via Salesforce. That's correct. Okay. Give me more of the backstory here. When did you launch the company? Uh, so I started this out of uh, an undergrad at the University of California. I was writing a research paper with a handful of friends on telecommunication technology, uh, database, and outsource labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that college paper then turned into uh, a publication in the American Computer Machinery Journal. I was then contacted by some early players at Salesforce.com in the early mid-2000s. Uh, and as a handful of early 20-somethings fresh out of the University of California, uh, we started building some prototypes and selling a cloud-based CRM with built-in telephony into real estate, into insurance, and other industry segments. And it was at that point we were contacted by Salesforce to build our unique hardware in the programming language of Salesforce, becoming the first native communication system for Salesforce. And 12 years later, we still are the only fully fledged for sales and rank as the number one sales application on the Salesforce app exchange, the number two support application on the Salesforce app exchange, and the sixth ranked application of thousands worldwide as a result of that technology. Um, Has Salesforce approached you to buy the company? I'm not at liberty to discuss that. Why haven't you sold to Salesforce? Um, I don't believe that our business is in the right position to uh, to warrant the dollar amount that I would accept for an exit. I believe that we have another couple hard years of work in front of us, uh, perhaps another round of two of funding in front of us to build the team uh, to get to where we want to go. Uh, part of that strategy was diversifying our technology from not just being the leader for Salesforce, but over to Microsoft Dynamics. Uh, And so we've launched many players within the NFL. Uh, We recently just finished launching all of Madison Square Garden holdings on our Microsoft uh, product of dial source. And so these type of strategies uh, allow our organization to grow in size and in redundancy, which of course translate to the value of the organization I would accept for an exit event. Uh, So I have some follow-up questions there. Number one, how much have you raised to date total? Uh, today we've done about seven million in funding. Okay, and obviously I imagine that was not all just convertible debt. You've done a price equity round at this point. Correct. Okay, got it. And when when, when was day one start date? I know it was in your dorm room, but what what year was that? Uh, that would have been two thousand five. Two two. Okay, wow, you've been at this a while. 10, 10, 11 years. That's great. Well, more than that. Right. 
Yeah, 15 years. No. Um, yeah. Okay, 2005. Your, Go ahead. To your point, though, we were a bunch of college students looking to solve problems. Uh, and then that morphed and we started generating hundreds of thousands of dollars then into millions of dollars. But we really were a technology engineering firm first and foremost. It wasn't until just a handful of years ago that I would say we really pivoted from being top engineers to also building a sales and marketing team and a business around the technology, sure. which is atypical for how technology companies build by saying, let me go raise funds, put a model together, and then scale. We were already doing millions of dollars in revenue before a single dollar was ever raised. What year did you raise that first dollar? It probably would have been um, around the early 15 time frame. And what was trailing 12 months revenue when you do that? I'm curious how big you got bootstrapped. Uh, we were, we were doing seven figures at that point. We were doing low seven figures. Okay. Call it two, three million, something like that. Yes. Okay. A little and, bit more on the North on the high side of that. Okay. And what are you growing at now year over year? What do you like to aim for? Uh, we closed last year at 121% growth of ACV of the year prior. Uh, as you can imagine, we're a lot bigger now than we were, uh, at that previous state. Uh, I would like to see, uh, this quarter, uh, at, uh, about equal to last year's, um, revenue. Uh, so we're growing quite a lot, but we are also, um, stacking many of the largest enterprise organizations into multi-year contracts, uh, into dial source as Pay, well. Payable up but, front? Uh, generally. So it's generally, we're getting like 12 months up front. Uh, and then as, as you can imagine, nobody's paying 36 month contracts up front and whole. That you'd be, will happen you'd be a genie if you figured that out. Right. Right. I, I'd like to think we would, but I'm, we're happy to do 24 and 36 month contracts. Uh, and in the larger deals, you know, we might take, uh, biannual payments, but it is uh, contract paid up front. Uh, and then there's a lot of land and expand when organizations realize moving from using outbound calling and automation analytics for sales processes, but then also using the similar type of intelligent inbound dynamic routing for service calls and tying service to sales. And so we see rapid growth uh, in, our, in our accounts very, very regularly, more often than not. You, this number, I think, is going to be aggressive, but I'm going to do it anyway. 20,000 seats. You said your price point typically starts about 115 a seat. Obviously, it goes lower with bulk deals. But on the high end, that puts you at around $2.3 per month if everyone was paying 115 per seat. Or about $1 million a month if people, everyone was paying to, uh, 50 bucks per seat. Is it fair to say you're somewhere in that range between $1 and $2 million in MRR? Got it. And where we're and and I guess you already told me 121% year over year growth. So you were doing what, like eight, seven fifty a month, twelve months ago? Yeah. Close. Something yeah. like that. Not yeah. too far off. Okay, that's pretty good. And what's driving most of the growth? So it seems like you've really mastered land and expand. How do you get the initial land? A lot of it is through conferences. We didn't really even have us a, a marketing presence just a year and a half ago. It's something that's new to our organization, which now drives 30% of our, our lead traffic. Conferences. Uh, conferences. Wow. Uh, now we're doing webinars. We have uh, some heavy hitters that have come from other well-established SaaS organizations in our space that have joined the growing dial source team to help us iterate faster within the messages. Uh, I'll be speaking tomorrow at the AAISP, the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals, where we happen to be a, a marquee sponsor. Now I'm a keynote speaker there. So things like that have really helped us um, to drive the message out across. Uh, 
but one of the reasons why we do so well in the land and expand is we have a very unique ROI value proposition around this heavy automation and this heavy analytics that cannot be replicated by any other technology. Why not? The other, because other technologies have integrated the telephony. And a large component of that is whether they're using something like Twilio to integrate the telephony into Salesforce, uh, they can't control the actual ecosystem. Since we designed our own hardware and our own software and built our own carrier network, we have the ability to control the solution end-to-end on a per-account implementation. Or should something go wrong, like we outgrow a particular vendor, we can slot them out and slot somebody else in because we control the entire stack. That is not something that can be replicated by integrating external technologies together. Got it. The other other large component is around security and compliance. Because of what I just mentioned and that we control our own ecosystem, we purposefully built unique security controllers into our ecosystem so we cannot log into the client's org. We cannot see any of the client's data. And unlike an integration, we do not pull any of that data out of Salesforce and Microsoft. So when you're getting into the large enterprise organizations that are publicly traded and heavily regulated on SOX or HIPAA, this is an area that we can only hit on and none of our competitors can walk through these global security reviews, not touching nor seeing or having any access. And the enterprise has become a lot more savvy into the security compliance as these vulnerabilities have been identified in the last couple of years. Josh, with this kind of integration and this kind of security, these kind of features built in, your churn must be exceptionally low. What is your churn annually today? Negative 15% last year. In terms of logo, what is it? I assume that what you just gave me is revenue churn. That was actually not revenue. It's seats. So I'm less concerned with logo as I am with seats. As mentioned, you know, I could lose one logo, that's five seats, and another logo could be 2,000 seats. So I'm looking at churn as a, a seat basis. So that was, a, that, was a net, that was a net seat basis then, right? What was gross? Correct. Uh, uh, 13, negative 13. Got it. So your total additions were 27%. That's how you got to the negative 15 Yep, yep, yep. We were signing more accounts, and we were signing more seats per account than anything else. That's right. You, you, if you take your, your current base theory you started with, you lost 12%. However, you added 27%, which puts you at positive 15% kind of seed expansion. Correct. Most of that came from new deals or from expansion in current accounts? Uh, it was a combination of both, but we didn't have this in years past. One of the big, big reasons for that is we built an extremely comprehensive customer success management team. How many people are on your team? team? We're about 40 right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Is everyone based there in Sacramento? Mostly. We have a handful also in uh, Austin. Oh, great. Okay. I'm, I'm in Austin right now. Cool. Last, nice. few, last few economics questions. CAC, what are you spending to acquire these guys? It depends upon the department, right? I mean, it's d- different if I'm bringing in an enterprise SaaS seller with 10 years experience who's holding $2 million a year quota versus uh, bringing in one of the top PhD computer scientists out of the University of California without any real experience. Uh, and so we've aligned ourselves with the University of California to bring in uh, a lot of these heavy hitters without the experience. So it, it, it Josh, sorry, I meant with your, I meant to acquire customers, not to acquire team members. Uh-huh. Misunderstood you. That's okay. Um, so I would say it's probably somewhere around $12,000 per account to land that account yep. right now. Yeah. Uh, but that is... Re- Reducing, 
why do you talk about your CAC in terms of per account, but ARPU and other metrics are tied to seat numbers? Like, in other words, what's your CAC per seat, or do you not look at that? Uh, we haven't been looking at that. Uh, okay. It doesn't translate the exact same way uh, as we were looking at for the for the seats. Uh, but to be to be honest, there are always areas of improvement. We brought on uh, some deep talent into our internal financial department departments across controllers and others who are helping us make more analytical decisions as we grow, as we're chasing our next round. Sure. What is the, when a new account joins you on average, how many seats do they start with? Starting is probably around 55 to 60. Okay, got it. Starting account. So if 50 people come on paying that minimum, well, it's pro- they probably don't get that cheap price of 50 bucks per seat with only 50. So it's probably no, closer to 100 or 115. Correct. Yeah, so 50 times 115 is 5,700 bucks a month. You're paying 12 grand to get them. Your payback there is less than three months. That's healthy. Correct. Yeah, that That's works. Right. Interesting. Um, what do you assume lifetime? This is a dangerous question because it sounds like it could be actually infinite, which would be dangerous. Uh, but what do you assume lifetime value is on these accounts? It's a lot. Uh, the Sacramento Kings were our first NBA account. I think they just went. They just finished their fifth year on contract, going into a three-year renewal. Uh, same has happened at several subsidiaries at Vista Equity Partners yep. uh, and some other large ones. And so, to, to your point, we're extremely sticky, and our 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 development roadmaps outstrip the problems our clients identify, and they're constantly growing into the technology that we're standardizing as best practices, whether it be Wall Street academia, the USC's, the Stanford's of the world that are on our technology and sharing these best practices. And then as a result, we built these implementation and customer success management teams to make sure that our clients are continually growing into solving problems. And that causes major land and expand and very, very low churn. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you assume lifetime value is on one of these guys? Look, if I do it on a per seat basis, you mentioned you have gross seat churn about 12%. That's 1% per month. So you could assume a seat stays with you for about 100 months times that 150 point says each seat is maybe worth 11 grand to you. But that's really fishing at kind of not hard numbers there. What do you assume? Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one because of the... the, the um, age of our organization and the, the fact that the size of the accounts have changed dramatically over, let's call it the last 36, 24, and even 12 months for us. So the size of the account, the price per size, and the fact that they're going into multi-year contracts makes it very difficult to determine what is the actual average cost of the lifetime of that account. I don't have that number off yep. the top of my head. Last question. I asked you, why haven't you sold a Salesforce? And you said you've got a few more hard years of work to hit the number that you have in your head. How have you come to whatever that number is? Uh, I'd say it's like looking at comps and buying a house, right? I've looked at other players in our space that have raised hundreds of millions of dollars on multi-billion dollar valuations. Name one or two. We ha- Inside sales.com, New Voice Media, Five Nine, Connect and Sell, Outreach, Sales Loft. I can continue to go on while we continue to dominate the Salesforce App Exchange, Microsoft ecosystem, and take the biggest names away from some of these players into multi year engagements. And so I believe that the market is heating up in the alignment of where CRM has been in the last 10 years to help management make more informed decisions while onboarding extra work and activities for the sales and service reps as the past. And I believe the future will be technologies that should increase output for sales and service reps while increasing transparency, automation, and analytics without having them to do more work. And I believe that we are leading this charge, not because I say so, but because of what our clients are saying and where we rank. And that is a very different way to identify 
problems and build technology as a solution to those problems. So Josh, let me ask this acquisition question in a different way. Are you married? No. Oh, darn it. Um, are you still close with your parents? Yes. Which one are you close to? Both. I'll be seeing them tonight for dinner before I take off for three weeks of travel. Okay. This is perfect. Uh, you get an email right after this interview from, from Benioff. He offers, let's say you're doing between one and two million a month right now in revenue. So let's say you're doing bet- you know, between 10 and 24 million bucks a year. Let's say he offers you kind of a 10x ARR, so quarter of a mi- quarter of a billion dollars. Um, oh. If you tell your parents that you turned down a quarter of a billion dollar acquisition offer tonight at dinner, do they get pissed at you? They would only be upset if I took it. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. All right, Josh. Not enough. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Hard things about hard things. Good. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, I am constantly changing that as I want to learn from the greats and from the not so greats. Um, Most recently, I'd be saying I've been tracking what Elon Musk has been doing and why he's been making the very, very difficult decisions that are high risk and take lots of money to do so. Like selling flamethrowers for two grand a pop. (laughs) <laughs> that was an interesting one. But some of the stories uh, 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 previously on launching Tesla, SpaceX, et cetera. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Number three, what's, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool for growing the business? You said favorite online tool? Yes, sir. Dial source. <laughs> besides your own. Salesforce. All right. Number uh, three, how many hours? Is, four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? About four and a half. Okay. Four and a half. And you already told us you are not married. What about any kids? Any kids? No. Okay. And how old are you? 36. 36. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? That I didn't know anything. (laughs) There you guys have it from Josh. Again, building something special here. Start as a thesis paper in the dorm room. You never think those things are actually going to turn out to anything good. It's worked out for Josh and his buds. They launched the company uh, back in, let's see, it would have been back in 2005. They started reminiscing on it. Launched it, grew it to about 3 million bucks in ARR before taking a dollar of funding. They've since raised about 7 million bucks, serving 20,000 seats, paying a minimum of 50 bucks a seat. So they're doing between a million and 2 million bucks per month right now in revenue up 121% year over year. So about 750 grand just 12 months ago. Churn, this is gross logo churn, less about 1% per month uh, net. That's a 15% expansion in seats year over year. Spending about 12 grand on CAC, super healthy payback, looking to continue scaling with this team of 40 folks in Sacramento, helping people really understand sales calls, inbound calls, how to funnel them, where to put them based off data inside of Microsoft and Salesforce. Josh, thanks for taking us to the top. Wonderful. Thank you for the opportunity. I thoroughly enjoy it.